0: 48-hour art check
1: best of podcast we go live monday Monday, wednesday on youtube 9 p.m california time and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later you can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48hr we take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast Today's topic is what is actually happening on YouTube and where where to go, what to do. Um, all right. So here's, here's what happened. I teach at a university, and I thought that I would dig and I would find somebody who knows what's going on with this. And so I called up several people um, who are experts in their field. And they basically all said, oh, I would have assumed that you would have been the expert on campus on this particular issue, which was uh, disappointing and surprising.
0: So a highlight of imposter syndrome, though, because it, it makes sense. Um We've talked about that ad nauseum, but but it, it is one that is definitely a byproduct of imposter syndrome where you're like, here's something I probably know a lot about there must be an expert who has an answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So denying my own expertise and understanding of what's going on. Uh, I don't have a law degree. And so, and I, and I have very little experience with the FTC, but I I actually am quite learned and read on several topics that are kind of involved here. So uh, there there are a lot of things going on so to to kind of like to kind of encapsulate this uh they're calling it the cop apocalypse they're calling it the toy apocalypse you know there's there's a bunch of apocalypse suffixes that they're that they're adding to this but basically what happened is um just just a real quick synopsis uh in the late nineties the internet was a thing right by then it had solidly become a thing and people were terrified back then. Cause I remember this going on of um, your identity being stolen. All of a sudden there was some kind of electronic access to your personal data in your home. And most people didn't understand what the internet was or what was going on with it. They just knew that it was scary and new. And so the government's reaction to that was to say children under the age of 13, uh, you can't collect their, their name or their address or any of their personal data. Uh, and that really never really was a problem. Everybody kind of, and that's why, by the way, um, even today you can't have a Facebook account. If you're under 13, you can't have a YouTube account. If you're under 13, because they would have to collect personal data to get you that account. So you have to wait until you're 13, um, to legally get that or lie. Um, now, the problem was, as the internet was coming about, um, they realized um, that you can track people's online behavior um, and that that might be useful. So it started with a lot of the search engines and whatever, but, but these things called cookies are what lo- lawyers call, um, I think, personal identifier or personal electronic identifiers or something, but basically what sites you've been to and who you are and your location um, or the location of the nearest server, um, you know, or IP IP location, or whatever that type of thing. Those there's there's data that can pinpoint uh, with relative accuracy who you are, um, but it doesn't necessarily have your name um, or your physical address or anything like that. So it's not technically collecting the data that was legally written in 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 that privacy protection. They they amended that to say. Cookies are also included. You can't collect cookies. And um, everyone went along their merry way. Um, And nobody really enforced it. The EU uh, began about a year or two ago to start kind of raising a stink about cookies. And that's why most websites nowadays that you go on have a warning that says, we are collecting cookies. Are you cool with this? Yes or no? And you have to click uh, yes to make it go away. Um, and there's a lot of those types of things that those have, have kind of started um, and, and I'll get more into the history of that in a minute, but um, recently, hey. yeah, Y2K, Y2K has nothing to do with this, but in the, this does, this does no, it does. It does tie in because of, because of the, the reaction that people had to Y2K. Yeah. Um, speaks to kind of the the mentality of the populace at the time yeah. so as a zeitgeist y2k was fascinating because basically some programmer came out and they said oh crap like in the 80s and the 90s when we started writing all these things we didn't we didn't think this through that the date was going to change from a 199 something to a two zero zero something and so they said oh that's gonna like mess it up That that translated into everyone assuming all kinds of things. I literally remember people thinking that their microwaves were going to explode.
0: Yeah,
1: I remember thinking that their appliances were going to come to life or blow up. New news articles about
0: people like purchase spending their life savings on like bunkers and uh, you know end of the world apocalypse preparations because you know Y two K was just going to crush and destroy the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the mentality. I'm glad. I'm glad that they brought up um, Y2K because that's the mentality and the understanding of what was going on. Like, even as a teenager, I was listening to all of these news reporters that, with a straight face, were saying, "Like, is your microwave safe?" Will Y two your electricity, and I'm like, my microwave does not have an internet connection. It doesn't even know what date it is. Yeah, stoplights will stop working. Yeah, things things that well before uh, the Internet ever existed, all of a sudden everybody's like, your refrigerator is going to explode. There was all kinds of really stupid stories about how everything would just break down because everything runs on computers now. This is 1999. Everything did not run on computers. You know, banks you still had to walk into your bank and talk to a human being to see what your balance on your checking account was Mm -hmm. or go and physically put your card into a thing and touch metal numbers so that a TV CRT screen could show you what your balance was. That's how technologically advanced it was when everybody was worried that YTK was going to end the world. And so that's anyway, that's that's the mentality of all this. And so people just didn't understand what was going on and fear – kind of pervaded the lack of knowledge. The same thing is happening now um, where people are just terrified about what's going on because all we have right now is two statements, one from YouTube, one from the FTC, both include, as a professional communicator, as somebody who teaches communications at a collegiate level, I can tell you, both include intentionally vague and indefinable language.
0: Yeah, ambiguous communication, which is, a a real red flag for people who are fans of communication, because if if somebody is being ambiguous and keep in mind, everything both of those organizations are putting out has been run through legalese like law departments. So if their lawyers thought they should be ambiguous with things that could potentially be really bad for the creator, uh, that, that does bode fairly badly for who is being communicated to.
1: Right. Cause depending in your worldview, you could, you could assume some either inept or nefarious intentions there. And I, I, yeah. I tend to go with nefarious, but um, inept is also in there, <laughs> but, but, uh, but so now here's what's happened is uh, the FCC FTC not the FCC, because most people are confusing this issue. Most people are confusing the issue with the type of content that is being presented. Yeah. That is not the problem. And the FTC does not care what type of content is being, is being presented. YouTube, AKA Google, AKA alphabet or whoever is actually, you know, at the top of that, uh, organization, um, they have spun this, as they always do, they have spun this into being a content issue. It is not a content issue. The issue is as simple as this. It is illegal to collect personalized data of human beings who are under the age of 13 years old. Fair. yeah. That's problem. That's the only thing that's happening right now legally now what youtube has done is they they were hit by the ftc and the ftc said you are not following the law you have become like the place for saturday morning cartoons you have become uh what tv used to be and tv has been uh heavily regulated on what they can show and what they can't show and advertisers on those networks and on those cable channels um are heavily regulated on what they're allowed to show and what they can't show based on the type of programming because of the assumption of who is watching the programming. Um, that is a content issue, but what YouTube is doing is they are collecting data of everybody who is on their website and they are collecting that personalized data. Um, and they are using that to sell advertising, um, to people, but it's not even the ads that are the problem. It is the collection of that data. Yeah. Um, And so when it, when it comes down to it um, YouTube refuses to stop collecting that data so much so that they, it would, the problem would completely a hundred percent go away. If I were just to be able to click a thing on my, on my, uh, on my channel and say, do not collect any data of anyone who is watching these. I don't want any personalized data. I just want to know How many computers have viewed this video and for how long? Um, And I don't want any other personalized data. If I was able to check that, then my channel would be completely safe. But YouTube does not give you that option. YouTube is actually –
0: Just to say not to do that on anyone who's 13 or under. And that would be more clear and and unambiguous because you could just say don't collect data of anyone who's 13 or under.
1: The irony of that, though, is that they can't do that without knowing the person's age and knowing the person's age is a piece of is a piece of. Yeah. yeah. And 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 there's no way there's no way to do that accurately without being massively invasive. Now, mm-hmm. if the government said uh, any computer that is accessing the Internet must have a camera and that camera must be enabled and that anybody who sits down to use a device to access the internet must first verify through facial recognition, their age. Um, people would freak out because that's a massive violation of privacy. Yeah. Um, that is probably one of the only ways other than maybe a fingerprint or some sort of like very personal information to say, you know who I am. I am citizen number 57, 52 or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then they could accurately say, okay, oh, hey, so this person is, we know who this individual is. We're not going to collect any data. But YouTube YouTube will not ever do that because Google uh, early on during the tech boom was coming out and they were, they were blowing up, right? Because everybody before Google, all the search engines before Google, before search engines, the, the internet was a mess. You had to know exactly where you were going they didn't have they didn't have http colon slash slash yeah and then sort of www it was just like you typed in the isp of the computer you're trying to access
0: and if you have that even early iterations of search engines you know it's it's basically like if you were chatting or you were searching you were only searching within the framework of that search engine so like chat rooms were you know, Yahoo chat rooms or whatever. And, and most right. results were still kind of vetted through that search engine. Um, it's hard to kind of explain that to people who are used to Google, which is so phenomenal, which right. you just immediate results that span every ISP online, you know?
1: Right. Cause prior to this, there were, for for lack of a better term, semi-closed networks of information. And so yeah. you would go to Yahoo and you got Yahoo stuff. You would go to GeoCities and get GeoCities stuff. Yeah. If your friend like my friend made a website and I made a website, and we could go directly to those websites because we knew the the address, but I mean he literally hosted his website on his computer from home and just broadcast it because he turned his computer into the server. Very few people could do that in 94, 95 when we were doing this, right? And so beyond that though, then you got Ask Jeeves, then you got Hotbot, Yahoo started to be a thing, but they were all cluttered messes, just giant, I mean, from a design standpoint, just horribly cluttered. And then Google came out and they and they just said, "What if we could index everything? We just be the index for the internet." Yeah. And so they created these spiders, these bots that would crawl across the the enter the internet and find anything that existed and make it searchable. And they did that. And what they found was that to do that accurately, um, they had to collect data from people and they would collect data on predictive data. They would, they would try to predict what the end of your sentence was going to be, what it was that you were searching. They tried to get all of this information. And then there's a guy who, by the way, I believe is now the one who runs Pokemon go, which is fascinating. Um, there is a guy who they started to see what they call data exhaust so they had all the searches and their goal was to just help people search the internet and to find what they wanted. That was what Google did. That was what they were. What happened is then the tech bubble began to burst. Okay. And so prior to this burst, angel investors and venture capitalists, people with huge amounts of money were spending huge amounts of money in a stupid way to get, to get, uh, in on this boom, because everybody was starting up all this stuff and just, you know, everybody, they'd start a company and if it was in Silicon Valley and it was, you know, by some dude that looked like he was 22 or whatever, it must be good. So they're just throwing millions of dollars at this. And then all of a sudden, these companies started failing. Investors started losing their money. And the investors came to Google and said, hey, you got to start making money. And so there became this exception where they betrayed their, their core principles yeah, and they said, we've got to figure out a way to make money like fast. Like they had a business model that was incredible in that um, in what it was doing was great, but it was terrible in that what it was doing was not profitable. Yeah. There was no return. Yeah. So then uh, there was this guy who said, well, we've got all this data exhaust, which we now call personalized data. Uh, We've got user behavior. I bet that we could take that user behavior and sell it to advertisers and then place ads. They had this big argument, and a lot of people were really up in arms about whether or not people were paying for ranked places um, on, on the Google searches and whatever, and so they made it very clear where the advertising sections were and where they weren't, blah, 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 blah. So they turned into a company that collected people's data and sold it. Um, MySpace came around, came and went. Facebook, same thing, showed up and overtook MySpace because MySpace was a clustered design mess, no negative space, and it was horrible. And uh, And they gave users the ability to create basically whatever they wanted. And by design, um, everything looked like a, just a spinning, glittery, rotated GIF with horrible music yeah. blasting Whenever you
0: like, there was actually too much freedom in in, my space. Weirdly enough, for it to be as successful as Facebook, Facebook had more limitations within the build and design of it, and that made it succeed. Like a lot of
1: things, right? And so Facebook came along and did the same thing Google did, and said, "Clean interface, lots Mm -hmm. of negative space, white and blue, very simple," and it just blew up. It -hmm. just blew up. And then they saw what Google was doing and they're like, oh, what's so great. And there's quotes from Zuckerberg about this before, before Google and, and Facebook realized that they should like couch what they're doing in like double speak. They were very clear about what they're doing. And Zuckerberg said that the, the best thing about what's going on right now is that we can sell people's personalized data and we have better data because people voluntarily give us more data than YouTube can steal from people basically, the idea is you go in there and you're so excited about what movies you like and what books you read and how old you are and what religion you are and your political affiliation and play all these little games where we you know you answer all of these psychological questions about yourself. They have tons, tons of psycho psychographic and demographic information that we have volunteered on that site and they have turned that around and uh, and started selling that to advertisers this is this is the problem with Kappa. It mm-hmm. is not whether or not your content is appropriate for children. It's not whether your content is safe for work. It is not whether your content has action figures or not. What it is, is that Google, YouTube, Facebook, uh, a lot of the tech companies refuse to change their business models to adapt to the times yeah. because we are becoming more aware that we're not okay with having our personalized data bought and sold without our consent because statistically speaking, every time people start to realize are informed about how much data is being collected about them, they are like 70, 80% of them are hundred percent against it. Right. Not, not even wishy washy. Like, Oh, it makes me a little uncomfortable. They're just like, no, that's, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, And so, that's that's kind of where we are. That's what's actually going on is that Google um, is saying, we're not going to change. We are going to continue to mine this data. Yeah, We're going to continue to do this. And there's nothing that you guys can do to stop us because we are Google.
0: Yeah. And then here's the catch is if you opt out, like let's say you choose an option on your YouTube channel, that's like, I'm just not participating in that. The, the issue with that is the algorithm that, Enable searchability on YouTube or on Google is all pulling from data, right? Um, from, from data collection. So if you're saying, don't collect my data, then when that bot is going around, that spider or whatever you want to call it, is going around collecting all that data, all those tags and stuff like that and adding it to the search engine, you've just opted out. So you're completely... Uh, aiding the possibility of anybody really outside of your own peer circle, really viewing or seeing what you do. Um, Whereas if you opt in, now you're opting into liability as well. Because if that thing is like, you know, hunting and it happens to be like a 13 year old's computer. uh, Now you're liable for that search engine going to that person's
1: computer. That is a conundrum right because right now the question that google or that youtube is asking us as creators to make yeah. is is your content intended for children or not the the real question that the ftc cares about is would you like us to continue to collect personalized data on people that are watching your videos or not but that's not the question that youtube is asking us to make basically what they're saying is we are not legally responsible we've we've paid our 170 million dollar fine We are not going to pay $42,000 per video. That's an infraction with this. Um, And so what we've done is we told the FTC, we'll just let, we'll just let the consumer or the the creators self-regulate. And for some reason, the FTC was like, fine, whatever. I don't care. Like, we'll just sue whoever we're going to sue. And so we are in a situation now where by continuing to use YouTube, I have a choice to make of whether I, a risk the random attacks of the government on my content. We talked about that on Monday um, where like you, I, I have there right, right here. There it is. There's action figures in the back, right? I've got comic books over here. Um, you, you could say that my shirt currently uh, is a comic book style. Maybe there's just something about Josh that kids like, I don't know what it is, but the language is so unclear that if your, if your video could appeal to children or could cause children to be interested in your content, then um, I, and I mark it as not for children, meaning I allow uh, YouTube to continue to collect personalized data and sell that and buy, by allowing that I'm still searchable. I still have functionality in my, in my content and everything. Um, then I get fined $42,000 per video that they decide randomly
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, is, uh, is for children. And if I, if I choose that it is for children, then not because YouTube has to, but because they want to discourage me from making that choice, they basically shut down all of the useful functionality of my channel.
0: Hmm. It's it. It is an interesting. It's an interesting conundrum, um, and I think we might have different tendencies with this. Like to me, um, if you look at the FCC and their attack on music, yeah, especially in the 1980s, early 1990s, um, there could be some bands that were just like we're never going to use language in our music. We're going to play it squeaky clean because we don't want to get slapped with a fine and have to testify in front of Congress about like why our music isn't brainwashing people to like commit ritual murder or whatever. Cuz and it really is worth looking into because that that literally happened. Our government literally brought rock and roll bands to Congress to explain why their music wasn't uh, inciting kids to commit suicide. Like that actually happened. Like they blamed the death of kids on music. Um, And then, I mean, there were like parental advisories and stuff like that, that had to be placed on albums just to limit liability. But the point being like, what do you do if you're that band or if you're a content creator in that field and the government's got it's like, you know, sights on you. And my tendency is just to be like, screw it. Like you got to write your music. You got to kind of make your stuff and let the chips fall where they may. That's easier said than done. Um, But to me, I don't know i I do kind of think this might be I think it might be apropos that Victor was bringing up like y two k. It might be a similar scenario where this is like a a new thing and and generally like new policies and stuff like that are really ambiguous, and everybody freaks out and reposts um their paragraphs that on Facebook, like you know this paragraph protects me from getting my data collected um or whatever you know um so i don't know it's 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 hard to say um and and i think uh this is this is a good point where salazar was saying all my videos can be considered for children i draw most of my videos i don't curse or draw anything we're scared. they can be um appealing to kids i've marked my my own videos is like not for children, but I'm not nervous about children seeing my stuff because I don't feel like I'm doing anything really uh, like, I I think if you had to like give my stuff like a rating, it wouldn't be anything above PG. Yeah. (laughs) It's some heavy topics, you know? So I'm like, like it's a wonderful life dealt with like mental illness and suicide. And I was, no, that's considered a family, uh, you know, story. So.
1: and and that's and that's where that's where here's the thing is that the um, the tech companies have consistently done nefarious, underhanded, illegal, evil things, and then when they get caught doing it. They reframe the conversation as if it's something else. And uh, and that's what's happening right here. And so we can go back to whether or not your channel is intended for children or not. But the fact of the matter is that's not what's going on. That's yeah. what you that's what that's the choice that we are being forced to make right now.
0: But that sidesteps the core issue, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, but but they- the core issue is that I, I believe that the government and people at large are sick of having their content or having their personalized data bought and sold without their consent. Yeah. And, and, and largely without their knowledge. Yeah. Um, I have talked about this in the past, but, um, there have been journalists that have gone undercover to listen to like Alexa, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, Cause they have, they have farms of people. Right. And, and, and I'm saying this as somebody who I have Alexa, like I have, I have, uh, you know, a smart speaker in most of the rooms of my home. Um, just, just because, and so like, I'm saying that as somebody who has this in their home, but the, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, he, he went undercover to they they employ human beings to listen to um, conversations to try to depict whether or not to, to determine whether or not their smart speaker is um, accurate. You know, is is actually like, um, you know, listening well or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and in theory, what we're told is we're told that those smart speakers only listen. When you say the wake word, when you, when you say Alexa or Hey Google or whatever it is that we're supposed to say, but in actuality, what's happening is they listen all the time and that that data is being, uh, categorized, that data is being, it's being listened to. And I'm certain that that data is being bought and sold. And I've, I've had people that have done experiments. For example, um, there was, there, there there's a friend of mine who just went in, I believe I can't remember who this was, but just went into the desert and just and just like turned off all of their phones, left their phones in the car, and then just continued to mention the name of a product over and over again, and in, in normal conversation, just kept talking about a product, just to test if this would happen. And what happened when they got back and they got back home is um, they started seeing ads for that product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how that's happening, and it sounds like super weird conspiracy theory type thing, but just, just think about this. Like when yeah. you start seeing things that you are talking about, how is that happening?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely experienced that where I'll be sick or something. I'm just like <laughs> message my wife, Hey, I'm sick. Like whatever. And then I get home and every social media account has an ad for like cold medicine. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, I, I think that um, I think that is disturbing. I think it's hard to know how to get out of that I
1: scenario. I don't think getting out is the. I don't think getting out is the problem. So we don't. It's it's a new dichotomy, and the idea is that if we if we apply old logic to new things, then what will happen is that it won't make any sense. Like for example, um, an an example given in the book, um, uh, what is that book? Surveillance capitalism is um, when the um, Incans and the Mayans saw Captain Cook show up on their shores. They applied what they understood from the past to this unprecedented event, which is these, pale-skinned, shiny, glowing, glittery Spaniards showing up on their shores. They'd never seen people that looked like this. They'd never seen armor that looked like that before. they had never seen ships that mm-hmm. looked like that before. And so instead of saying, this is unprecedented, we need to invent new language and new concepts and new, new dichotomies and new new paradigms to understand what's going on, mm-hmm. they said, well, these must be gods.
0: Yeah. Think said- about
1: and they bowed down and worshiped them.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, I agree with that. I think there's, there are some ideas out there that I think are interesting. Like for instance, I mean, data mining, um, as you kind of explained very, very well, it, it's kind of fundamental to a functional search engine on any platform.
1: Yep.
0: Um, and the selling of that is problematic but also sustains most of those flat platforms. Um, so there are some theories that I, I think are pretty interesting, which is if people are profiting off of selling your data, you should actually get a cut of it. Like a, equivalent to like, um, like if you have a script and you sell it, you, you get points on whatever film is made from that script. Like, you know, getting points on your own data might be a some kind of solution to it because if there's value to your data and it's your data, um, you know you should definitely have some kind of legal recourse to profit or a piece of that profit. Um, I don't think that would be a solution, but I think that's at least somewhat forward thinking. Yeah, with the issue because it's definitely something we're not necessarily going to be able to walk out of. Um, but it is something to be aware of. Um, And I do feel like it's becoming a problem almost equivalent to like Monsanto where if you ever want to go down like a Google rabbit hole that'll bug you, just read about Monsanto and uh, try to not buy Monsanto for like a month. I I have and most people I know have when they've found out about Monsanto and read about them, they're like, oh, this corporation is completely evil. We got to stop buying Monsanto products and then you quickly, within a month, find out it's it's physically impossible because they have their fingers in everything. Like, everything that's made um, and produced, it, you know, like 95% of it has something Monsanto in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's an equivalent kind of issue where it's like, I don't, I don't know if there's a way to kind of completely
1: cease. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because I I I used to be, um, and and to a certain extent in certain limited areas, I used to be a free market capitalist. Um, and 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 the general idea of that is, um, the general idea of that is that the invisible guiding hand of self interest will will govern the market, and that the the government shouldn't try to regulate things. It's it's, it's a it's it's a good concept until you begin to understand externalities. Yeah. And, and an externality is this. The, the, the basic idea is in a in a perfectly free market system, um, a company, their own selfishness would drive them to do the best thing for the community because to do otherwise would hurt their profit. And they don't want to hurt their profit. And so their own selfishness drives them towards Uh, actions that is good for the the community. And if you take like, you know, like economics in that instance um, you know, people are seeking to buy the highest quality product for the lowest price and companies seeking to sell the lowest quality product or the least expensive products to produce at the highest price. And because there's self-interest that is conflicting on either side of that transaction where those meet is an automatic setting where the market dictates the price. So the supply and demand dictate the price and people have an option to choose between I'm going to pay less and get a lower quality. I'm going to pay more and get a higher quality, or I'm not going to buy that product until they lower the price and they lower the price and the market self adjusts. That's great until you realize that an externality could come into play where in the production of that product, that company could dump toxic waste into a river and that river could flow away from the town where they're selling that product into the next town where they have no customers. That externality is those is that next town. They don't care about that town, so they poison the water supply of the town next to them because uh, it doesn't affect their bottom line. Everybody's still happy about it, and maybe even they get a better quality product for a lower price because you know they get to dump this waste or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that externality needs to be regulated for the greater good of society. And so there is, there is some room for regulation. Oh and
0: yeah. So, I, I mean, there's a couple other externalities that are great in that exact scenario where it's like, or you become the product that's so popular that when a competitor comes into the market, you can just pay off hitmen to take them out. You know, right. um, So you can actually create a monopoly. So in that case, anti-monopoly or, or you know, causes like kind of, pre- Provide for a free market as well, Um, and and this is definitely delving into that kind of territory where it's like there's there's definitely a privacy invasion issue Mm -hmm. um, that is an externality that we really need to start thinking about um, potential solutions for. But I but I'm def it's definitely it's definitely a complicated and webbed issue not. Not like a black and white.
1: Um, yeah, because I mean, I mean, beyond that, you've got, you've got, I mean, you've got all kinds of things that are kind of coming in, coming into play here, um, you know, along those lines. But when, when something unprecedented shows up and you apply old rules to it, um, you are going to get conquered. I mean the, the language, the language that the tech companies are using. Is the language of conquering nations? Is the language of colonialism? Is the language of um, conquistadors? It's the language of inevitability. And when you when you begin to believe that this type of progress progress is inevitable, um, then you stop defending against it, and you begin to um, you begin to say, "Well, it's just inevitable." You know, it's just, it's just, it's just the natural, it's just the natural drift of inevitability. Well, I'll tell you what else is inevitable is uh, slavery is inevitable. Does that mean that we shouldn't that we shouldn't fight against it? Because if I'm if I'm a if I'm some evil company, and this is not unheard of, this happened recently, um, and continues to happen in parts of the world today, where people say, "Hey, you know who uh, is a lot less expensive than adults? Kids." Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually work better in my factory because their hands are small and there's a lot of them. And so, days, you know? yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just have them, you know, fix the machines and stuff. And if every once in a while they lose a hand or whatever, I mean, they're kids. Who cares? Um, at, at one point in time in London, um, there were so many orphans dropped off at the church doorsteps that the church would rent out the orphans to chimney sweeps because they were small and they were disposable. They had no parents um, and no one really cared about them. And so they would just use them as a, a a something to be used up. And so they would just take these kids and they would shove them down the chimneys until they got black lung and died. And then they would just, Rent a new kid from the church. It's it's kind of a similar it's kind of a similar issue. Um, if you say that profit is the only thing that drives companies, um, and that we should not we should not regulate things to the point where they get, and, and I have huge problems with regulation because I don't trust the government to do things well and they they are inept or whatever. But in certain instances, you have to have some sort of regulating body step in. The problem is that the tech companies are largely unregulated on this issue. They're largely unregulated. And even the regulation that they are trying to enforce, that the FTC is trying to enforce right now, is so outdated that it predates the existence of YouTube. YouTube did not exist when this law was written. It's equivalent
0: to like um, if you have like a 19th century detective trying to deal with a 20th century criminal
1: yeah, somebody somebody who's doing like identity fraud and cybersecurity, yeah. and you put Sherlock Holmes on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they're pulling out like the magnifying glass when you're doing things that are untraceable by like old technology, and that and that's kind of a a, a scenario we're in where where it's like it, it, you know the regulators if they're out of touch with what they're actually regulating, you're going to have some massive issues like. I bringing back the poisoning, the, the water supply kind of issue. Um, you know, if, if they're not even aware that what's being poured into the water is poison, then how are the regulators in that scenario going to do any good? Um, or if they assume that the filter, let's say the company is like, Oh, well, we'll take care of it. And they install a filter that doesn't work but the regulators are scientifically idiotic and don't realize it doesn't actually prevent the waste from getting in the water. Uh, That's kind of the scenario we're in where it's like a really bad, um, really kind of impotent filter being added to try to filter out a poison that's continually still flowing into the river. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. We're almost at an hour. (laughs) So I think we're going to have to wrap it, um, yeah. but I'm. But I kind of want to figure out like how this will apply. How does this apply to us? Like, is there anything we can do at this point?
1: Yes, there's there's one there's one major thing that you can do, and I and I don't have the link ready, but I will put it in the I'll put it in the notes of this. Um, and, and, and if you, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll post it on Twitter as well. Um, but one of the major things that you can do is that the FTC has opened up commenting, um, Ooh. up till December 9th and they will take, they will take comments on this issue. Good. Um, the, the problem is oftentimes when people, um, when people jump in and, and do this, they do it in an angry way and it's really easy. It's really easy to discount anger because it seems emotional and irrational. And so I just recommend that the thing that we can do right now is calmly explain that whether the content is intended for children or not is not actually the problem. The problem is that uh, YouTube, Google um, is collecting private data of its users um, without properly regulating that. The issue is not whether or not I have an action figure, whether or not I animate cartoons. The issue is the fact that privatized data is, is massively unregulated and, and it continues to be a problem whether or not, um, whether or not I leave, I leave the channel because right now I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but this could be a turning point for a number of things because even if I left YouTube, uh, pretty much anywhere where I can house my video content online is going to collect privatized data.
0: Yeah, and, and they're gonna so- suit because YouTube is kind of a leader in this kind of thing, and usually all the social media platforms kind of follow the leader. Right.
1: Um and so yeah. I mean if I if I jump to Instagram and I start live streaming on Instagram and I and everybody jumps to IGTV, that is not going to solve the problem because Facebook, the owner of Instagram, is just as complicit in the, in the illegal data collection of, of minors, um, as, as Google and YouTube are. Well, and then, you know, here's,
0: here's another conundrum is like, like once again, if it, if it's about whether you're making content for kids or not, like once again, it's the wrong acronym (laughs) you know, it's, it's the wrong acronym. It's like one, one uh, letter away or, or whatever. So, you know, I mean if it were the fcc that might be a different issue but the federal trade commission really shouldn't be dictating um unless you're selling
1: the federal trade commission is not dictating this yeah this is youtube is saying that they had to do this in their agreement with the federal trade commission that is not the case yeah The fact of the matter is if YouTube said we will stop collecting personalized data or we will limit it to this amount of data, or we will stay away from this type of thing. um, We won't have persistent cookies that, that travel beyond our website in any number of concessions that they could have made. The FTC would have said, sounds great because that's the only thing that the FTC actually has a legal thing to care about is the collection of this, of this private data. Exactly. In fact, what YouTube did is they said, we'll just put it on our creators. We'll just, we're not going to stop doing this. And so we'll just make it so that the creators have to self-regulate. And the FTC, for whatever reason said, fine, that's fine. Whatever. Because it feels inevitable. It feels inevitable that technology has advanced to the point where we just have to collect people's data or else what will we do? I don't know. We will continue to function with new and innovative ways of doing things without selling the privatization of everybody's personal lives and eliminating the ability to have sanctuary in our lives. Like we have nowhere where we can go and be by ourselves. We have no private place that isn't tracked and sold. And if you want us to figure out what is going on, if you want to figure out what is going on with social media and tech companies right now, you are not their consumer, You are not their customer. You are not their product. Yeah. You are the mountain that is being strip mined and your data is the ore that is being sold. They don't care how the mountain feels as long as there's still ore there.
0: Yep. I love it. That's so dark. Let's leave let's leave it on that. Let's leave it dark. (laughs) So All all right, my my data mines out there. Um I I hope you guys have been enjoying this. Um I actually think it's really interesting and I think it ties in a lot to, um, that's funny. I'm <laughs> sorry. Victor's chiming in with a lot of really interesting experiences and he did kind of wrap it. Well, basically saying it'll be interesting seeing what happens in January. Um, but yeah, um, a lot of great stuff in the chats. Thanks to everybody who joined us. Um, Corey, while you're online still, um, where can everybody find your stuff?
1: You can continue to find me at CoreyKerr.com, which is a site that I own. That is my domain, and I do not track your data other than basic analytics. And I definitely don't sell your data to third parties.
0: (laughs) Yes. and um, Yeah, you can check out my stuff at uh, JoshuaKemble.com and uh, quarterlystories.com will take you directly to the comic I do about faith and mental illness. And I don't uh, collect or sell your data either, uh, just basic analytics. But if I knew how, I might because it sounds <laughs> like you make a ton of money on it. But I definitely don't because I'm just not that smart. Um, so anyhow, uh, we w- with that, uh, we will probably talk to you guys next time if we're still around and we're not.
1: You know. I'm I'm planning on being around and I'm going to, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to figure out some kind of solution. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something has to happen there. This is a turning point. Yeah. Um, and, and whether this is a turning point of, of the next five years or the next two months, I don't know, but it, this love, is an untenable situation.
0: And I think, I think there is a key thing to um. there. There is something to be said for just the knowledge of something like, even if there's a wrong occurring or maybe it's not wrong, but, um, but at least knowing it's occurring, I think, is the beginning of something. Because, it, you know, once again, it's like the Monsanto thing where it's like you may not be able to stop buying all Monsanto products, but being aware of like how messed up their farming policies are might curb your buying habits a little bit. Um, in a positive way that'll that'll have more of an impact so um so in general i, I don't think it's wrong um does scott sell your data on? Um, we gotta ask scott i don't know
1: i'll have to ask him but if he does he's probably only selling it to those that are trying to take over the world yeah that's true that is true it's a
0: good plot all right um we will see you guys next next week uh also um on Artcasters tomorrow we're having um uh, Eric Fan uh, one of the Fan brothers who are like amazing illustrators on uh, to, to interview and I am pretty excited about that and then we will see you guys probably on Monday so talk to you later bye